0: If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn very quickly, and I'm aware of the time today. And so I'm going to go as fast as I possibly can. Famous last words of a preacher. But if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. And we want to continue right now a series that we started last Sunday entitled summer business I cannot believe that we're already at the beginning of summer it's already six months into the year the year is already half over and I know several pastors friends of mine and it's like they get depressed because it's the summer but I'm here to tell you today I'm not gonna get depressed because i believe that we're about to experience the greatest summer in the history of this great church from the years ago when it was clc to now that we are calvary nsb i believe that we are about to experience something that this church has never experienced before how many believe that with me i believe that we're about to experience signs come on I I believe that we're about to experience wonders. You know what a wonder is? Here's a wonder. I wonder how God did that. You see, we're about to be on the property now in about two months. I can almost say assuredly that it's about two months out now. We have everything submitted to the city that needs to be submitted. We're going to hear back from the city next week, and we're praying that we're going to get favor and the green light. And as soon as we get the green light, guess what, church? We hit the ground running. We're going to finish up our project. Let me tell you just a praise report. If you've been to our property, you know that uh, the larger of the two buildings are our urgent care building. Come on, it's still going to be a spiritual urgent care. Come on, somebody. As you know, it needs a little bit of work on the outside. And so we called a stucco guy in the city. And this past Friday or this past Thursday, I met the stucco guy at the church property. We walked around the building and we began to talk about God. We began to talk about the things of God. And he said, Pastor... I just want you to know that I'm a believer. I believe in what you're doing for this city. And here's the deal. If you will just provide the material, I'll do the rest of it for free. Hey, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. There is nobody like our God. Because I'm prophesying to you now, church, that we are about to experience something as a body that we have never entered into before. It's our summer. And here's the deal. We're gonna hit the summer head on. We're not gonna take our foot off of the gas just because it's summertime we're not just gonna come and play church and have an hour-long service and then dismiss no 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 I don't know about you but I believe that there's a remnant of hungry people that say whether it's 12 o'clock or one o'clock or two o'clock or three o'clock or 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock it doesn't matter what time we meet all that matters is when we meet when we come together we're going to be in the presence of Jehovah I want to be in the presence of the king of kings I wonder if there's any hungry people out there today. Is there anybody out there that's hungry for the things of God? Is there anybody out there hungry for the next level? I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go to the next level, even though it's summertime. Here's the deal. I'm not going to take a vacation from God this summer because my God never takes a vacation from me. And it's our summer business. Now, the word business can be defined as this, that with which a person is principally and seriously concerned. And let me preach to you today for just a moment, church. I want to concern myself, even over the summer, with the things that concern Jesus. Now, that got like two mm mm-hmms. Let me say it one more time. This summer, I want to concern myself with the things that concern Jesus. Because here's the deal, church. His business should be my business. The business of Jesus should be the business of Eric. The business of Jesus should be Calvary NSB's business. The business of Jesus should be our business. If you believe that, put your hands together with me. Now, as we begin to dive into this message, I'll, I just kind of want to remind you a little bit of what we talked about last Sunday that the first priority for Jesus, say the first priority, the first concern for Jesus is for the church to go after the harvest. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm here to tell you today that we are going to be a church for the harvest. Even over the summer, we're going to be a church of the harvest. I'm glad that I can report to you today that we are a church that over the past year and three months, that has more than doubled. Oh, that deserves a little bit better than just a patty cake handshake. I said we are a church that has more than doubled. And just over a year. And I'm not here to say, oh, look at our numbers. No, no, no. I'm here to say, oh, look at all the people that have been added into the kingdom. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm so thankful that our church is growing. And this summer, I want to put others before myself, I want to put their needs before my needs. The priority of Jesus is harvest. And I have prophetically spoken over the past two weeks something that the Holy Spirit has said to this body is that there is a season of harvest that is about to be released over this house. I believe it with all my heart that we are about to enter into one of the greatest seasons of this church. There have been seasons of planting, there have been seasons of watering there have been dry seasons for this church but i'm here to tell you today that those that have sowed in tears shall reap oh my goodness some of you have been waiting for years for what is about to come and i'm here to remind you today that number one prayer works and number two god has not forgotten this community god has not forgotten this city. And I'm here to tell you today that the harvest is plentiful. And I wonder if there's anybody today that says, Pastor, I declare that I'm going to partner with you and I'm going to be a worker for the harvest in this town. Because the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is precious and the harvest is priority. And at the end of this summer, When school starts back up, and I know many parents are saying, oh God, when is that? My kids are driving me insane. But when school starts back up, I don't want to say these words, I could have done more. I don't want that to come from my lips. I don't want that to come from your mouths. I don't want anybody in this house to say, I could have done more. I don't know about you, but I want to do everything that I can to bring just one more into the fold. I don't know about you, but I want God to use me. Here am I, God. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Use me to reach just one more. Look at your neighbor and say, just one more. Now listen to me, church, when I say this. Yes, we are after souls. Yes, our summer business is harvest. But our, our summer business, hey... It goes just a little bit further than that because while we're after the harvest I believe that God is still after you and I believe with all my heart hear me church when I say this that God doesn't just want to grow this church God wants to continually grow you and so yes while our summer business is harvest our summer business is also to be holy oh my goodness is there anybody in the house today that says pastor I just want to be holy I just want to live holy. I want to live like Jesus. I want to be like my God. I want to be holy. Our summer business is to be holy. Now, I believe with all my heart that God wants us to live holy. And I want to say this to you today, that God should be able to tell a difference between his followers and this world. Thank you for the five amens. But can I go just a little bit farther than that? I believe that the world should tell a difference between us and them. Now, there is this notion that, to be honest with you, is rising up in the American church that I've got to be more like the world to reach the world. No, 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 no. I don't have to become an alcoholic to reach the alcoholic. I don't have to become a homosexual to reach the homosexual. Yes, I love the sinner, but... I don't like what you're doing. And I believe that God is the standard. The standard is not for me to get as close to the line as I possibly can. The standard is for me to run away from the line as far as I possibly can. Hello. Now I believe today that as the summer approaches us, that you and I are going to get tempted. Some of you are like, Pastor, I got tempted this week. But let me say this to you, that how we react to that temptation will determine the level of holiness that we wish to achieve. I don't want to be tempted to miss church. Oh, it got quiet up in here. I don't want to be tempted to not give my tithe. It got even more quiet after that one. I don't want to be the type of believer that hoards my tithe so that I can have an even better vacation. Oh, my, 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 my. Let me remind you, church, that as vacation season approaches us, that while you are gone, the tithe remains in the storehouse. Thank you for the three hand claps. Let me remind you, church, that the church continues to run With or without ship. But let me ask you just a very personal question if I can. And I wonder if there's anybody that's going to be 100%. Am I talking to any real folk today up in this house? I wonder if you are an hourly worker that gets paid weekly. And I wonder if you say, oh, if I miss one paycheck, how hard would that be for me to live on my budget? But why is it that we do that to God? Uh-oh, oh, I struck a nerve there. Don't take away my man points. Why is it that we feel like we can take our tithe and hoard it for a week so that we can live even better? When all of it already belongs to God, I don't want to steal any of it from him. All he is asking is 10%. The other 90% is yours. Hello? Hello? And I don't want to be the type of believer that says, you know what? I'm going to miss half the summer, even though I'm going to be gone for most, or even though I'm going to be here for most of the summer and call it a vacation. I don't want to take a vacation from growing in God. I don't want to take a vacation from church. Come on, somebody. How is it that you could take a vacation from heaven? And I don't know about you, but every time that we come together as a church, aren't we just practicing for heaven? So, how is it that we can feel comfortable by taking a vacation from where we're going to spend eternity? If that is you, if that is you, this word. Is for you. You see, Amy Simple McPherson said it this that we are all making a crown for Jesus out of these daily lives of ours. Either a crown of golden divine love studded with gems of sacrifice and adoration, or a thorny crown filled with cruel briars of unbelief or selfishness or sin. Now, wonder today what type of crown that we're presenting to the king. And I know that a lot of people, we don't like this type of preaching. We see it as a list of do's and do nots. I'm here to tell you today, I'm gonna burst somebody's bubble. I will never tell you what you can and cannot do. That is for God and God alone. That is for your relationship with him. I will never stand here, hear me, and say that you can, or cannot do something. A lot of people, they see a sermon like this as legalistic, that the pastor is having too much control in their lives. And why is that? Because we don't like to give up control. We are a people, come on now, we are a people that likes to live with control. We got a lot of control freaks in the house. Hey, hey. But I wonder, as we look at the quote-unquote rules and regulations of Christianity, which ones do you want them to apply to you or not? The same way is like our marriage. You say, oh, I love my wife, but you know what? I think it's okay to have someone on the side as well. Can I ask you a question today? Is it okay to love God? Your wife, 70% of the time. I mean, that's more than half, is it not? That's still a pretty good number. In fact, 70% is passing. 70% is pretty good. It's okay. It's not great, but it's not bad either. Am I right? How many wives would say, oh, man, 70% of my husband's love? Man, I'm doing good. It's going good for us. We don't need no marriage seminar. We don't need no marriage counseling. But why is it okay that we love God with just 70%? Preach, pastor. I will. Thank you. Why is it that we say, all right, God, during the summer, I'm going to give you above half. I'm going to give you that 70. I might even go to 75%. mm, But don't. Expect the other 25% of my heart. I- I've already given that away for the summer. Am I talking to anybody in this place? You see, living holy is there to help us. It's not there to hinder us. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 1 as we dive into this. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober. Father, I pray that you would add the blessings of the reading of your word as we jump into what I believe is a word straight from you. God, I pray that there would be a church that rises up and says, I want to live the way that my God commands me to live. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. If you love the Lord, look at your neighbor and say, bring it on. Now, as we talk about being holy, I think that we must have a better understanding of what the word holy truly means. The word holy is mentioned four times in our scripture this morning, and it comes from the Greek word hagias, which means different, set apart. You see, I believe today that God is wanting a church to be different. I'm here to tell you today that it's okay to be different. I think today that a lot of times we look at being different is a bad thing. We're afraid that people are going to, quote, unquote, make fun of us. What are we in, junior high? <laughs> They're going to write notes about me. But I'm here to tell you that God not only wants you, but he requires you to be a little bit Different. And because he saved you, you ought to live saved by being set apart from the lifestyle you were in before he saved you. Holiness is a non-negotiable. Holiness is a divine imperative. Because when I say this, you're not holy because you cannot sin. What makes you holy is that you will not sin. Oh. What makes me holy is that I can't sin. What makes me holy is the fact that I choose not to sin. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy, what? A different, a set-apart life. Oh, my goodness. Therefore, listen to me when I say this, that to be holy is to live a life of consecration. Consecration, if you're kind of new to the whole Christianity lingo, it simply means this. It's to be dedicated. So holy is to live a life of dedication. It's to live a life of discipline. You see, I believe that one of the greatest tragedies of the church today is we can call people up to be saved, and we do it. I'm pray, I, I praise the Lord for all the people that have accepted Jesus over the past year. I'm thankful that we've literally seen whole family units, moms, dads, kids come down to these altars over the past year, and all four or five of them accept Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. It, it makes me cry at night when I before I go to bed. And I'm not an emotional man. But I think that one of the greatest tragedies is that we say, Oh, it ends there. No, 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 no. It doesn't end there. It begins there. Because I'm here to tell you today that while Jesus saves you, Jesus expects you to live like him once he saves you. Oh, my goodness. He expects you to live a life of dedication, a life of discipline to him. And I don't know about you, but I want to live a life dedicated to the Lord. Now watch this. Who you are can be seen, and what you raise. Who you are can be seen, and what you raise. That's why I have been praying that Joshua will turn out like Jackie. Come on, don't you say Amen? Don't you laugh? But who you are can be seen. And what you raise. Now, if you don't like what you're raising, check yourself in the mirror from time to time. That was free. Ooh, it got quiet up in here. Ooh, it's a little chilly up here today. All by myself. Don't wanna be. (laughs) It's weird. Who you are can be seen in what you raise. Now, in the Bible, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 6. And I said this last week, but I'm on this kick right now that God is my Father. He's Abba. I'm here to tell you today that if you don't have an earthly father, that he is more than enough today for you. And I'm here to tell you today that if you have an earthly father that does not know Jesus, number one, you need to pray for him. But number two, Jesus can be your spiritual father as well. Oh, my goodness. But in Matthew chapter 6, As Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he starts off with our Father. I'm so thankful today that Jesus' Father is my Father. I'm thankful today that I've been counted as one of God's sons. Is there anybody here today that's thankful that you're counted as either a son or a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords? But the Bible says this, amen. Amen. That he's our father. And who you are can be seen in what you bring up. Now I wonder today, as many of us have walked with the Lord for years. Or maybe you're somebody in this house that has only walked with the Lord for weeks. Let me remind you that it's one thing to come into this church and raise your hands and sing our Father, but it's a completely different thing to act like the Father. You see, who you are is what you raise, and I believe that God is wanting to raise up a church in the middle of New Smyrna Beach, Florida, that says, I will not accept the standards of this world, but I will begin to live like my Father because I want to become even more like my all but somebody give God a shout of praise our God is set apart and different therefore his holiness demands my commitments you see the transformation that Christ wants to bring your life is not an outside in transformation but an inside out revolution that right there was worth the price of admission Because I believe that God is wanting to start a revolution inside of you. Before he can start a revolution in a city, he's got to start a revolution in a church. Oh, my goodness. Before he can start a revolution in a church, he has to start a revolution in somebody. Oh, my. Is there anybody here that says, I want a revolution. I want revival. I want the things of God to take place in my family. Start a revolution, Lord. God is far more interested in who you are than what you do. Who are you in this house today? I don't know about you, but I want to act. I want to be what I'm saying today. Let me burst some bubbles with this one. That God is much more concerned with our character than he is with our career. And the consecrated believer lives not to be happy first, but to be holy first. I'm here to tell you today that money is not going to make you happy. I'm here to tell you today that addictions are not going to make you happy. Stop looking for happiness in all of the wrong places. If you want to be happy, be found in him and him alone. I've seen some poor people come and go, and some of them have been mo- some of the most happy people that I've ever met in my entire life. They don't have a dollar to their name, but they come in singing and rejoicing and praising God. Why? Because it doesn't matter how much they got in their bank account. They borrowed some praise on credit. Our summer business is to live a life of consecration. If you believe that, give God a shout of praise. Now, as I'm hurrying today, that not only is it our summer business to live a life of consecration, it's accepting the fact, hear me when I say this, that holiness is a call. Number one, I want you to live consecrated. I want you to live dedicated. I want you to live different. I want you to live set apart. But first off, you got to accept the fact that it's a calling to live holy. The Bible says this in verse 15, that just as he who calls you, now being in the ministry and especially my background in youth ministry over the past seven or eight years. I've seen many teenagers come to me and say, Pastor, I've got a call of God on my life. I've got a call of God to preach, or I've got a call of God to be a a missionary. I've got a call of God to be a music pastor, a youth pastor, a, a kids pastor. I've got a call of God. One of the first things that I tell them is this, that ministry doesn't start as soon as you have an REV in front of your name. Ministry starts now. And one of the second things that I do is I give them a toilet brush cleaner. Man, some of y'all are like, I'm never telling him I got a call of God on my life. And I say this, that if you cannot clean a toilet, then you're not worthy enough to hold a microphone. Because I believe that God is wanting to raise some people up that accept the call of God in their life and here's something that I want you to understand today that maybe you're sitting there in this pew on, on that pew under the sound of my voice and you say pastor I, I've got a call of God on my life the very first thing that I want you to understand is that your call to be holy is greater than your call in vocational ministry let me say that one more time your call to be holy is greater than your call in vocational ministry It's no ordinary call. This call is a special call. The word called right there in the Greek, it's kaleo. It means this, to summon, invite, to receive as a name, to be called to bear a name or a title. You see, when you begin to accept the call to live holy, no longer does my God call me Eric. He says my holy son. That's how he begins to recognize those that accept the Kaleo call. The Kaleo call to live holy. He summons you. He invites you. And he recognizes not who you are, but now who you're going to be. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. This is the call that appealed to Moses in the burning bush. It's the call that, that Beacon Samuel late at night. You see, when God calls you, He summons you. Is there anybody here that wants to be summoned under the sound of my God's voice? The word summon, it it simply means this, to call upon, to do something specified. It's a call to action. And I believe that when God calls you, not only are you there to live holy, but you're there to live holy in front of others. Pastor, how do I know that God has called me? Number one, did he save you? Yes. Then he called you. Is there any saved folks in the house? Is there any blood-bought saints in the house? Is there anybody that says, I have accepted Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior? If that is you, then you have been called. Give God a shout of praise that there's some called folks in this house. Now, watch this. He told us what we're called to. So many people say, well, I've been called, but I don't even know what I've been called to yet. Can I give you the answer? Are you ready for this? We're called in verse 14 to not conform. We're called to. To not conform. Our summer business is to live a life of consecration and to accept the calling not to conform. Now the word conform there, it means to mold. You see, the world wants to mold you, but God wants to transform you. Your calling should be a transformational calling. I don't know about you, but the term Christian It simply means this, little Christ. In no way are we accepting to be a divine being. I'm a human being. And most of you know, man, he's not worthy enough to be worshiped. But he, inside of me, it makes me want to be like him in front of others. And if I bear the title Christian, If I bear the title, Little Christ, then don't you think when I go out into the community I accept the call I accept the kaleo. I want to be summoned into a call of action I want to show everybody that sees me that that man right there has been transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ and one day in one instant he went from being some of the chiefest of sinners to now a son of the living God I don't know about you but that's the call not to conform that I want to accept today. Is that you as well? If that's you, give God a shot of praise. Pastor, I'm a nobody. I, 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 nobody knows who I am. I've got no friends. I guess I'll just go eat worms. Let me tell you something. Let me give you some hope today. That's... God doesn't necessarily call the biggest, the baddest, or the bravest. He takes the smallest. He takes the weakest. He takes the least equipped, but God doesn't always call the equipped, but he always qu- equips the called. I'm here to tell you today, you might be a nobody to the world, but to God, you're a somebody. Somebody. When you were born, the Lord said that he knew the very head on your head. Before you were born, God said that he knew you. So while you were born and original, don't you dare die a copy. Oh. Live holy in this world because when God calls you, the spirit begins to impress on your heart a burden, and opportunity. I'm here to tell you today that... Within my last few months as a youth pastor in Phoenix City, Alabama, Jackie and I, after we accepted the call of God to come and to lead this great church, the Lord put you on my heart. Before I even knew some of your names, I began to pray for you. Before I knew your sons and your daughters, I prayed for them. Before I knew some of your obstacles, I prayed that God would remove the mountains that you're facing. I had a burden for you and I had a burden for this community because let me tell you something we're not just a church in the community we are a church for the community and I began to have a burden upon my heart for this city for Port Orange and Edgewater and Oak Hill I had a burden on my heart because the Lord presented an opportunity something bigger something greater was gonna take place no it was not gonna happen overnight Yes, there were going to be challenges, but I believe that what is ahead of us as a church, what is ahead of us as a body, is going to be worth it. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Now, as I'm closing, Jackie has gotten onto to me lately that you say you're closing 25 million times in your sermon, and I don't want to do that today, so I'm going to say it one time. I'm, begin, I'm beginning to close. To be holy is to live a life that's consecrated to the Lord. To live holy is accepting the fact that it's not a choice. It's a call. And to, to be holy, listen to me when I say this, is also to accept the fact that my God commands it. Ha <laughs> ha. Yes, he gives you free will. But I believe that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you begin to accept the fact that my God commands some things in your life. I, begin, I believe that you begin to, to, to give up portions and pieces that you've been holding on to, that you've been clinging. I don't know, but you do. Maybe it has been your finances. Maybe it's been your education. Maybe it's been Bill's. Maybe it's been bad reports. Maybe it's been some things that have been spoken over you that you have let to let go in your past. But I believe that to live holy is to give up a portion of the things that you hold on to dearly in your life and to accept the fact that my God wants to command your future. I'm going to buy this CD myself. I want you to notice with me, church, that this is not a recommendation. That my God is not begging the question today. That will you please live holy? I'm begging you today. Please, oh please, oh please, with sugar on top and cherries and hot fudge. I'm hungry. <laughs> to live holy, my God commands that you are to be set apart. And whatever He commands, hear me. I obey. If he says jump, I say how ha <laughs> If he says go, I say where. If he says give, I say yes, sir. And if you are a believer, listen to me, church, that holiness is not a choice. It's not an option. It is a way of life. Another definition of holiness says I'm closing. It means this, to be a cut above. Hallelujah. It's to be a cut above. I'm here to tell you today, I'm so thankful that my God wants to make me better. I'm so thankful today that God wants to make me better. I'm so thankful today that He wants to make everything that I'm facing in my life to turn it around and make it for good. It's to be a cut above. But why is that? My God wants to make me a cut above because He's a cut above. There is no God like my God. Oh my goodness gracious. There's nobody like Jehovah. He is the king. He is the Lord. Can I tell you today that Satan doesn't even line up with him? That whoever has to give a report to the Lord, I'm not going to follow him. I'm going to follow the one that's getting the report. Oh my Lord. And Because my God is a holy God, listen, holiness is a condition of heaven. (laughs) You see, we're just practicing on earth what we're going to be doing in eternity. As I begin to read and my devotions this past week. In Isaiah chapter 6, you know the chapter. It's an all-too-familiar chapter as the band comes. It's Isaiah approaching the throne of heaven. Woe is me, for I am unclean. You know the scripture. Here am I. Send me, Lord. But he gets a picture of heaven in his mind. And he sees the angels gathering around the throne, each with six wings, two that are covering their eyes, two that are covering their feet, and two that are flying around the throne room of heaven. And I'm here to tell you today that the Scriptures, they say that the Lord is justice and justice and justice. Wait, no, 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 I I forgot. That's not what the Scriptures say. The Scriptures say that he's mercy, mercy, mercy. No. The Scriptures say that he's good. He's good. He's, no, that's not it either. I'm... He's power, he's power, he's power. No, that's not it either. He's love, he's love, he's love. No, he's all those things. But the angels choose one word. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy are you, Lord. And I don't know about you today, But I want to join with the angels in heaven and I want to sing holy, holy, holy. You are different, God. You are a set-apart God. You are a cut-above God. And I believe today that everything that I need is found in a holy, holy, holy God. Somebody give God a shout of praise in this house. Stand with me on your feet today. Lift both hands to the Lord and begin to say in your own words, Holy, 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 are you Lord God Almighty? Lift your voices. You are a holy God. You are a holy God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Are
1: you Lord God? say, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are it out again. Say you are holy. holy. Say holy, Lord. Come on, sing it out from your soul. Are you, Lord?
0: Every head bowed, every eye closed. I've got two very important calls today that I'm going to dismiss and pray over you. The first call is this. Hey, Pastor, I want to live holy. I want to live set apart. I want to live different. But there's things in my life that's holding me back. There's sin in my life. I've I've done things this past week that has separated me from the love of a father. I've, I've thought things this past week. I've went places that I shouldn't have gone. I've made decisions that... I believe that put a frown on my God's face. And if that's you today, with no one looking around, say, Pastor, that's me. There's sin in my life. And I want to accept Jesus to be my Lord and Savior and ask him to forgive me of my sins. Can you just raise your hand today? One, I see you. Two, three. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Who's next? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. I see you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I see in the back. Praise God. Hands have gone up all over the house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, God, for people that want to live for you. Thank you, Lord. With everyone just remaining in attitude of prayer, would you just repeat this after me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross that by his blood, I can be clean forgive me of my sins of anything in my life that separates me from you I accept you today to be my Lord and to be my Savior thank you for this second chance in Jesus name we pray somebody give God a shout of praise for all those that have joined the family today praise the Lord praise God here's my second call it's this With no one moving around this past week i felt the lord laid on my heart that there's people in here over the summer there are some things that you need to give up in your life and commit to the lord i don't know what it is maybe it's your future maybe it's control maybe it's finances maybe it's you want to lead your family better i don't know what it is but i believe today that before you leave this house you say pastor I'm going to write it down and we're going to pray over it. And that before the summer is over, I believe that God is going to answer it. And this is what we've done. We've provided the paper that's in front of you. I believe it's it's yellow sheets of paper that we've just cut out. What I'm going to ask you to do, we're going to sing for a couple of moments, but I want you to all be seated. How many times do I ask you that? You know how many times I, I. I ask you to stand up on your feet. You're a Pentecostal church. You're going to stand up and sit down about 20 times, so just get used to it. But with no one moving around in the sanctuary today, I want you to find that sheet of paper, and I want you to begin to write the things down that's in your life that you need to turn over to God. Some of you are already writing. The Lord's already brought to your mind the things that you need to hand over to Him. And so today, as we begin to worship the Lord in closing, I'm going to pray that the Lord would bring to your remembrance the things that you need to give up and to live holy. in. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for the word that has gone forth. I believe it's been from you. And God, I pray as your people begin to write the things down today that maybe they're struggling with or maybe they need just help with, Lord, I pray that you would intervene in their lives today, in the name of Jesus. We pray. Begin to sing this out.
1: Holy, are you,
0: Lord
1: God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Land. worthy is the land. See, you, are you are holy, holy, holy. holy. See, are you? Say, you are, holy. you are holy. We sing it out.
0: just hold that piece of paper in your hand to the Lord today I believe that my God is about to intervene in some people's lives I received a word from the Lord as I was sitting down that many of you listen to me when I say this are about to see a breakthrough ha. you're about to receive a breakthrough because what you went through didn't break you You're about to receive a breakthrough because what you went through didn't break you. And I believe that many of us have been through some storms lately. Many of us have gone through some things. We've been through some dry seasons, haven't we? I'm looking at some of you as your pastor. I know. You've you've seen some pretty high mountains, but by the grace of God, you're about to receive a breakthrough because what you went through didn't break you. So hold that piece of paper high today to the Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, for a church that commits their lives to you and that says, I want to live holy. I declare that I'm going to live a transformational life. I declare that there's going to be an inside-out revolution. I declare that the Lord has set me apart from this day forward. I declare that I'm going to live different from this day on. I, I declare today that the Lord is going to make me a cut above from what I used to be. And today, God, as I hold this paper in my hand, that by the end of this summer, I'm going to look back and I'm going to see how you have been God in my life. Lord, bless this church. Let breakthroughs come, Lord, today in the lives of your people. Do a work that, Lord, no man can do. Be God. We commit to you this service. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Before I dismiss you, this is what I want you to do. No one's going to look at your pieces of paper, I promise you. But before you leave, I want you just to bring this paper, I want you to begin to line it up in the altars. And every week as your pastor, I commit to you. I'm not going to look at your paper. But I'm going to pray over every single need, every single aspect of your life that you're committing to God. I want to pray for you every day. Thank you so much today for committing your life to be holy. This is our summer business. It's our summer business to go after the harvest. It's our summer business to live holy. How many would say, Pastor, this week I'm going after the harvest, and I'm going to live different. I'm going to live set apart. I declare I'm going to live holy. Praise the Lord. I love you. I love being your pastor. Before you leave, come place all of your sheets of paper. Line them up on these altars. We're going to pray over them as a staff for the rest of this summer. God bless you. You are dismissed. Before you leave, hug five people's necks. Tell them that you love them. And as uh, Dan and Alicia, as y'all begin to uh, pass out your missionary cards, just come up to Dan. Bless him. Meet their little precious daughter, Paisley. God bless you. You are dismissed.